0: Welcome back to the Armchair Trader podcast, and today we are doing our first in-person podcast in what has been a very long time. Um, we're here in central London, and uh, today we're with Michael Saxon, who is the CEO of Tart Global, um, on his first trip to Europe as as the CEO of Tart Global. Uh, so it's very, very good to have you here today, Michael. Thank you, Stuart. What is Tat. For those who are not familiar with it, for those who haven't come across the company before, I know we've done some previous uh, podcasts on Tat. But can you give us a quick rundown um, on 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 Tat, the company and its product? Tat is a revolutionary smoking product.
1: Doesn't use tobacco and doesn't contain nicotine, but provides the smoker an experience that is exactly like their normal traditional tobacco cigarette.
0: So TAT has actually only been sold in the U S for a very relatively short period of time. You have been uh, targeting a number of States and also doing some distribution overseas, but it's fair to say that, that it's still early days for TAT. That's correct. Um,
1: we're now on the third generation of our product. Um, the original product was launched a couple years ago. Um, uh, one of our base ingredients is hemp. Uh, and that product, um, uh, while it was really good, was a product that was likely to stay niche, as it really only attracted those who were looking for a uh, hemp-based product. Uh, but that was not our goal. Our goal was to provide an alternative to to tobacco consumer, uh, so that they can make the switch. Um, we're now in version three. We're feel very confident about the the product as it sits today. Um, and just recently, we published some early results that we've got here from uh, our home market in Las Vegas where we've seen uh, triple-digit growth rates uh, in our Las Vegas home market in one of our partner, Anchor, accounts.
0: So in, in essence, TAT smells like and tastes like tobacco. It looks like a tobacco cigarette, but at the same time, it's not subject to, to tax like tobacco is. Every, every
1: jurisdiction is a little bit different, but if we speak from a U.S. Per perspective, yes, it, um, it, it falls into a, a regulatory, we're uh, not regulated by the FDA, We're not regulated in terms of normal taxation, so uh, that gives us the flexibility to bring this product to market um, at a price point that is attractive to the consumers, Mm -hmm. but it's also extremely attractive to trade, um, which we hope will help us uh, scale across the U.S.
0: You've recently become CEO. Previously, you were uh, um, on the advisory board. You were appointed in June, um, but you're not a stranger to the tobacco industry. Can you give us a little bit more background on yourself?
1: So I spent um, the large part of my career with both Philip Morris U- International and Altria Group. Um, I started my career in 1995 in sales uh, at Philip Morris, USA. Kind of rose the traditional sales ranks and uh, moved to PMI in uh, 2002. Um, spent time in Europe, uh, five years then in Asia and in two different markets in, in Asia and came back to Europe. Uh, I stayed with PMI when Altria and PMI split in two different companies. Um, and I came back to Altria in 2012 to lead their corporate venture platform and later lead one of their largest business units, a $3.5 billion PL.
0: So it's fair to say that you are fairly familiar with innovation within the tobacco industry. Uh, very much. Um, I think
1: one of the reasons I stayed in the industry as long as I did is I got an early peek behind the curtain uh, to what uh, PMI markets today called ICOs. And I was actually part of a team that launched the very first version of that product called Cord in the late nineties in the U S And it was that peak behind the curtain that uh, inspired me to stay in the industry as long as I, uh, as long as I did. And it's partially the reason I I joined TAT today.
0: Uh, Was the attraction um, of TAT to you, the, the innovative nature of the project? Um, Was that something that you liked? The fact that it's such a game changer?
1: Absolutely. Um, One of my excitements as well as a couple of our anchor investors is if you look at what the adult tobacco or adult cigarette smokers then provided today in terms of alternatives, it's a real change in behavior. It's either a new device or a new form factor that they have to use. And, um, no one's looked at it from, Hey, let's, let's redesign the cigarette, um, and provide an experience that is a less of a curl in terms of migrating the cons- consumer to something that is potentially less harmful."
0: So tat itself. You've been talking a little bit about the the material. This is a proprietary material that you use in the cigarette. It's it's like the secret sauce. Is that something that you're able to protect? Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about how you can defend the IP? Absolutely.
1: Um, we use the phrase, it's beyond tobacco, because it's not tobacco. It's uh, It does use plant-based uh, material, um, and it's formulated in a way that um, really provides the adult smoker an experience that is as close as we can get to um, without using tobacco itself.
0: TAT is a solution for people who are already smokers, of which there are many. Existing smokers who are trying to give up, uh, maybe they're trying things like nicotine patches or vaping and that's not working for them. So could this actually be a third way for them?
1: We believe so. And we believe some of the early science we've invested in uh, points that we're heading in the right direction. Um, there's more work to be done, but, um, we're excited about the track that we're on. Um, and the fact that our product doesn't contain nicotine, um, uh, but it does have other things like CBD, uh, we think there's potential there that uh, could be, um, could, it could really help adult smokers switch from a traditional tobacco cigarette.
0: I appreciate you're new to the role, but obviously existing investors in TAT will be very interested to know about the new direction um, under your aegis. Can you give us a little bit more flavor of what that's, that's going to look like? Yeah, so we've, um, well, I think I think there's a, a couple things is within probably a week on the
1: job, uh, we immediately said, yeah, you know, I was walking through the Las Vegas market and I was like, why am I not finding TAT in every store here? And, uh, came to learn really quickly that we hadn't launched it at a full scale approach in Vegas and I said, well, geez, you know, this is our home market. Um, we're here and we've got a lot to learn. So we really put a concentrated effort on the Las Vegas market. And, and just, just like Europe, you, the U S is a really large market, right? It's many markets tied up within one. So what we tried to really do is localize our approach to really go deep from a sales point of view make sure we had broad distribution across the Las Vegas market. And we coupled that with uh, a full-scale marketing approach um, from everything. Uh, we were able to use radio, which uh, traditionally is a, is, a, is a vehicle we haven't been able to do, um, as well as a lot of consumer engagement and direct one-to-one type communication. So we've concentrated that effort all into Las Vegas. Um, and the early signs are promising, like we published last week uh, in our anchor or account, uh, Speedy Mark. And what we've learned from that is that we can get, go from awareness of the product, we can get the consumers to try it, and now we're seeing consumers buy it on a regular basis. And that's what you want to replicate. And Now that we've done that in Las Vegas, we think we can actually take the amount of rents and repeat reproach, um across the U.S. In addition to that, over the last couple of months, we've hired a company called IRI. IRI would be very similar to a company like Nielsen here in the US. Um, And they helped us uh, really uh, look at the US and drive down state by state and help us provide us a roadmap of where we can focus. Um, And one of those states that's going to become a priority for us, we've already talked a little bit about from a fresh release point of view, and that's uh, the state of Texas. We launched a a terrific partner account um, here in the last couple of weeks called Bucky's, which is an iconic uh, convenience store chain in uh, the state of Texas. And we look to build off that, and really take the things we've learned in Las Vegas and replicate those uh, in a state-by-state approach across the U.S.
0: So, when Tat started out, you targeted a number of the larger domestic U.S. tobacco markets, uh, like Ohio, Pennsylvania, um, I believe uh, the Carolinas. I know now you're also looking at, or actually beginning to distribute in Texas. Can you can you give us a little bit more? More of an idea on why why Texas? What it, what was the big attraction there?
1: Yeah, I think it it really does come to finding that anchor account in a state. You know, similar to Europe, U.S. You know, you still have a large mom and pop uh, convenience store population, but it's really getting in a couple of those really large chain accounts that makes a difference, um, and that will help that mom and pop uh, universe follow really quickly. Um, but getting an account like a Bucky's in a state really provides that launch platform um, to go into the state in a big way and if you identify the right accounts in the state and that's from a large chain account point of view you know like in every industry there are leaders and there's followers and if we can identify those right partner anchor accounts that are leaders um, the other accounts will follow as well
0: tat has generated a lot of interest from investors in uh, europe and the uk obviously some of these people are also um, active smokers looking to give up. And, uh, we, we get asked a lot about the company's plans as they stand for, for further distribution in the UK and Europe. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah. So, um, actually it was, uh, last night I had, uh, meetings with our uh, partners here in the UK. Um, we're pretty excited. Uh, you know, they've uh, now ordered, uh, four different delivery port or shipments of the product. Um, and and they're extremely bullish on the product as well. Um, like every new CPG product expanding international, there's teething problems and uh supply chain things, especially in the world today that we're we are we have had to kind of wrestle with. And um, especially, you know, in our product, we, we kind of consider ourselves a category creator, right? In this beyond tobacco kind of uh concept. Um, so there's little teething problems we've had, but but I'm really uh excited to see us uh grow across the UK in, in twenty twenty three and I'm going to be in Dortmund, uh, Germany at inter uh Conference and have several meetings with other distributors across Europe. And and hopefully in time, uh, the story that we're learning here in the UK will spread across Europe. But but for now, uh, UK is uh, really kind of, I considered our home base here in Europe. And uh, we've got some really uh, uh, early promising signs from the distribution we've had in London. Um, and this is now our second shipment of version three. Um, and hopefully the supply chain issues that we've kind of worked on um, will, will solve themselves here in the next coming months and we'll have a regular supply um, and can hopefully start to see uh the product expand across the beyond the the boards of the, of the London market.
0: you mentioned version three of uh tats beyond tobacco can you can you tell us a little bit more about the the changes that you're implementing around that?
1: yeah so um I think as I mentioned earlier right the 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 early versions of the product were really uh I would call it hemp four, right? It wasn't something the average mainstream adult cigarette smoker would find enjoyable. Um, it was. It, it would have been a real change, um, change in their experience. And uh, I, through it, I think four or five different iterations now, and we've called them one, 1. 1, 2, 2. 1 3. uh Now is what we call it. Um, if you were to open up, break open a break open a, a normal tobacco cigarette, and then break open a tat. Um, you'd have a really hard time telling the difference between the two products. Um, and uh, you know, our base proprietary material we call but beyond tobacco really does resemble uh the, the experience that adult tobacco gets uh when they smoke a normal tobacco cigarette.
0: So beyond, I mean, I've I've tried Beyond Meat recently, and I have to say I was really impressed at um just how close to real meat it is. It's virtually indistinguishable in my opinion is ba- is that basically what you're aiming for here with beyond tobacco that that for a smoker it would be virtually indistinguishable from um normal tobacco uh, that's the that's the same
1: um and uh, we get that comparison a lot um because that's an analogy that people uh easily understand And you know when i was out at our first consumer engagement event in las vegas and uh had a chance to interact with consumers myself um they draw that same comparison right and it's uh there there really is a wow factor when people pick it up and try it and, and realize that it's not tobacco and um uh, but how closely it resembles their traditional tobacco cigarettes
0: we started um covering tat during the pandemic uh, everything was locked down um you've mentioned that you're uh, going to a trade show in germany um how much of an impact was the pandemic itself on the growth of tat and and how important is it now that the pandemic is receding and that your that your, your team is actually able to get out to these distributor trade shows? And also, you know, has it really impeded the way you can distribute the product? Um, I, th- I think it absolutely will change
1: things. Um, and I look at things a, a, a little differently. Um, yes, I think it, to come back to answer your question, the pandemic hurt a lot of people in the consumer product uh, good space, especially if you were a new product. Um, because the supply chain issue started hitting really fast, many retailers locked down their planograms and their assortment until they got some breathing room themselves. So I'm sure there was an impact on that, but I actually look at that as a little bit of a blessing in disguise. At that time, we had version one or two um, of the product. And we know today that that wasn't the right product to scale. Uh, And we've learned uh, that reintroducing version three in a market that had one and two is difficult. We've learned that in uh what do we all kind of call another homework of ours uh, where our Adco business is in Ohio that reintroducing version three when consumers had tried version one and two is a is a, is an uphill battle it's uh you know brands are just like people right, and you, you form a bad first impression it's it's kind of hard to 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 get that second bite of the apple sometime. The good news is the footprint we have in Ohio is relatively small, so when it comes time to relaunching it. Uh, across, uh, Ohio and other major markets like Columbus, Cincinnati and Cleveland, we're not going to face that battle. Um, but, uh, but yeah, gaining the access, I think we're really excited about, um, the upcoming national association of convenience stores, um, uh, and the work we're going to be doing there, um, uh, meeting with top to top C-store leaders and, and, and the C-store leaders we've spoke to so far, because we are a real win-win scenario for them. We improve the profitability of their tobacco category. Uh, in in the in the United States, you know, a, a wholesale retailer might be making mid single digits, low single digits, even in many cases, on their tobacco category. A retailer might be making uh, low low double digits in terms of gross margins, and we can improve the profitability of their category quite substantially. Once they hear our story and they under understand the economics uh, benefits to them, uh, we, we'll we'll be able to scale really quickly.
0: And finally, I wanted to just ask you a little bit more about your your views on data-driven sales, data-driven processes in this market. How much are you going to be using that um, as you go forward with TAT? A little bit is
1: from my background in history. Coming from Big Tobacco, we had access to just reams of data that influenced decisions. Not that that eliminates some gut intuition, but uh, definitely data drives uh, helps drive and uh, set the priorities. Um, for us as a small company, uh, still today, we needed the data so that we could prioritize um, and really help identify the areas we thought we could win fast. Uh, and that was really most important. And because when you're launching a category creator product, um, you can't just throw it on the shelf and it sticks, right? It really does take that combination uh, concerted effort between sales and marketing in the market, like what we're seeing in Las Vegas. To really, one, get people just aware of the product, get the courage to try it, and then hopefully adopt it over time. And if you don't concentrate those marketing and sales efforts geographically, then you just face an uphill battle. So we've used data to really influence where we go, which accounts we're going to prioritize. And then as we go forward, we'll bring new aspects to data as, we, uh, as it influences future R&D going forward.
0: Thanks very much indeed for uh, coming on the podcast today, Mike. I really appreciate it. You bet. You
1: know, we uh, welcome the feedback from from your uh, subscriber base, and really appreciate the opportunity to be here in the UK. at a, you know, a sad but really a, a exciting time. So, my condolences to those in the country. Um, but at the same time, it's it's a it was a fun to be over here and, and see the celebration um, that you guys are experiencing both for uh, uh, Queen Elizabeth and uh, your new King Charles. Look forward to talking to you again soon.
0: You've been listening to the Armchair Trader podcast. Make sure you visit our website, www.thearmchairtrader.com for your daily dose of financial markets news and sign up to our free newsletter there.